From Blackfoot to Teton, we've got your District 6 breakdown right here on the East Idaho PrepCast with Lance Taylor. That's right. It's time for another edition of the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we're breaking down everything District 6. Brandon Maney here with Lance Taylor. Show me those bear paws again. Your hands look humongous on the camera there. <laughs> Love District 6. Let's see. There we go. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> backwards on the camera. <laughs> yeah, you have to get used to that. So if you want to see Lance flashing those digits, uh, you can catch the video of this prep cast on the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel, as well as our Facebook page. You can also get the audio only at our website, IdahoSports.com, and wherever you download your podcasts. The East Idaho prep cast is brought to you by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports. It's your source for pulse pounding, adrenaline sports apparel, and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash the beast and uh it's getting closer to that time of year where up in the higher elevations lance the snow was starting to fall a little bit which is exciting yeah i actually i was driving over the pass yesterday in between missoula and uh, some snow at the very top i didn't have to drive in any of it but you could see some up at the very top <laughs> yes yeah and those higher elevations for sure so yeah, yeah. lance you're you're, you're traveling this week. You are uh, on the road in Coeur d'Alene coming to us from uh, up north today, uh, but you will be back in time uh, for tomorrow night's uh, broadcast on IdahoSports.com. Pocatello taking on Idaho Falls at Ravston Stadium, which is going to be yeah. super exciting. So let's uh, let's kind of recap what happened in football last week. It was, a, it was a lighter schedule in District 6, but I think the game we have to start with, Lance, was that Blackfoot Skyline Showdown uh, that we had on IdahoSports.com. It was the conference opener for both teams, and Blackfoot turned a lot of heads in a 17-13 to win. Yeah, I was on that game with Tim Belknap, and it shocked me, to be honest with you. I, I had a lot of questions about Blackfoot coming into that game. I didn't know how good they were, although I knew both their losses came to 5A schools by one point, each one of them. I, before the game, really felt that Pocatello was, or pardon me, that, that Skyline was going to win that game. When I looked at them on the field, it was interesting because Blackfoot didn't list their height and weight on the roster. And there was a, a tremendous visual difference in size between those two lines. Blackfoot was big. Blackfoot was fast. They got into the backfield all night long. Hackey was running for his life. He really had a hard time even trying to get the ball to Sadiq because Blackfoot was in the backfield so quick. I'm impressed with Blackfoot, and I've got both feet for District 6 right now in the Blackfoot camp. Okay, so Blackfoot's 2-2. Two two. Yeah. Right, right. Uh, Blackfoot is 2-2. Two and two. Their two losses were to Thunder Ridge and Idaho Falls by a point each. So, I mean, we're talking yeah. about a play or two away from being 4-0, and and uh, yeah. I think Blackfoot really delivered and, and put out a good statement in, in that win. So let's talk about Skyline for a second because now you look at Skyline. They're the defending 4A champs. They're 1-3, and three. and we, we talked about how they had – some close games as well, right? They, they lost on basically a couple of fluky special teams things in their season opener. 
against uh, Green Canyon, Utah. They played rugby and pushed the Trojans to the limit in the second half. And, and But then they come out here and, and lose another tight game. At what point do we start to say, okay, Skyline, you got to start figuring out a way to win these types of games? Well, and even at one and two, people were giving Skyline the benefit of the doubt. They were still two in one of, number two in one of the polls and number one in the other poll last week. They've completely dropped out of both polls this week. And rightly so. You can't start one and three and expect to – you know, stay in those polls. Now, I know, you know, as far as coaches go, they, they don't put that much stock into those polls because you got to put it out on the field. But as far as Skyline goes, maybe we've seen their best. Maybe we haven't. I left foot game. Well, I went into that game thinking that I knew quite a bit about Skyline. I left realizing I didn't know as much about them as I thought. Yeah, I mean, they've got the speed for sure. Kenyon Sadiq and, and uh, Abron Severio are both really yeah. speedy guys, but but maybe the size is something that they're just lacking a little bit this year. And so for Skyline, you know, now they're getting into the portion of their season where it softens up a little bit, and they, they've got a chance now that they're kind of off everybody's radar to uh, pile up some wins and maybe be a dark horse as we get closer to the end of the regular season. So that'll be something to keep an eye on for the defending 4A champs from skyline uh let, let's stay in the the 4a 5a ranks let's let's talk about um let's talk about some of those 5a teams in the high country conference uh, madison three and one you know coming into the season they, they really struggled last year lance it was the last season for for legendary coach uh, mitch buck uh now they're have a, a coaching change chandler Rhodes is in a uh, 26 to 7 win over bonneville and yeah madison hasn't played the most difficult schedule but Three and one start looks really good for the Bobcats. Yeah, you can only play who's in front of you, you know, and and do the most of that schedule that you can. And they've been able to win games the way that they should against many of those teams. Uh, their upcoming game this weekend is going to be at Holt Arena against Highland. That is one of the games that uh, should draw a lot of interest this weekend. People know what Highland is and how good Highland is at four and one on the season. And the only loss came seven to 12 to a good Rocky Mountain team. Of course, the Rocky Mountain team that lost to rival Mountain View earlier on. But, but people want to see how good Madison is. We know how Highland is. Let's see how good Madison is. And, you know, Kieran Valora is a good quarterback. He, you, you could tell last year it was his first year as a starter, and uh, he looked very uncomfortable at times. But he's, he's really transitioned and, and, and thrived now in his second year as the starter for Madison. The, the other biggest surprise, Lance, has to be Idaho Falls. We kind of talked about him last week a little bit, but, you know, playing century, an undermanned uh, century team, but they won 51 to 14. Idaho Falls, a 4-0 start, kind of the same deal. Skyler Olson last year at quarterback at times looked a little shaky. He's, he has made so many significant improvements in the offseason. It's been very impressive to watch. Yeah, I think so, too. And I, th I think he is, is – I, I never want to say single-handedly. Obviously, you have to have a good line. You have to have a lot of things that fall into place. But, but I think he's the biggest piece to that puzzle that has changed that has helped give them that success this year. Idaho Falls, I'll have that game this weekend. Pocatello coming in and, and playing Idaho Falls at Ravston Stadium. And Pocatello is a good team. They are not bad at all. They did take a shellacking to Highland, but again, we know how we know what Highland is. But Pocatello uh, could really give Idaho Falls a run. They're a good enough team to do that. Uh, I've already had Pocatello earlier this year at the Rocky Mountain Rumble. I'm excited to see Idaho Falls, but Idaho Falls 
what a surprise this year. Again, they were the team that really was on almost nobody's radar. Yeah, well, I mean, they went they went winless last year, Lance, and it's been it's been a couple of years for Idaho Falls since they have been kind of in the mix for things. You know, they they were at the four A level, they jumped up to five A, and that's always a tough transition to make. And, and so, uh, it's it's been really fun. If if you told me coming into the season that Madison and Idaho Falls would be a combined seven and one, um, I'm not sure I would have taken that bet. You know, but no. but it's really <laughs> amazing to see. <laughs> we definitely would not have laid down any Vegas money. On, on that being the case, for sure. Yeah, both of them yeah. have been a pleasant surprise. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I will say with that Pocatello matchup Friday night, Lance, I, I think it's set up really well for Idaho Falls to win and kind of in a big way because Pocatello right now is a little bit banged up. Ryan Payne, their starting quarterback, has, has a shoulder injury. He didn't play last week against Highland. Um, their backup quarterback is a sophomore, Dre Contreras. He didn't play against Highland last week either. So what they did is they took last year's quarterback, who is now at receiver, Zach Park, and put him back at their uh, quarterback. And he, you could tell it had been about a year since he had taken a snap at sure, TV. Sure. So, it changes um, your game plan. It really changes your game plan. Yes, absolutely. So I don't, I don't know if Contreras will be available. I know Ryan Payne won't. So either way, Pocatello is going to be – on a backup quarterback. It's just whether it's the second or the third string. So I think it sets up really well for Idaho Falls actually um, to get a nice non-conference win. And and at this point, Lance, when you talk about the 5A postseason, uh, it, it's been proven in years past. If you get to five wins, you've got pretty, you're pretty much in. You're pretty much in the playoffs yeah. because uh, 12 of the 21 teams qualify for the postseason. So if I, IF can get to 5-0, and oh, I mean, we're, we're talking maybe now playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I think IF can. I think we're going to see IF there. Obviously, they are yet to have hit the toughest part of their schedule. But, again, you can only take care of the teams that are in front of you at this point, and they've done that so far. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, that, that'll be a fun matchup Friday night on IdahoSports.com. Pocatello at Idaho Falls from Rabston Stadium. Okay, let's uh, talk about the Rigby Trojans as well. You know, Rigby kind of just quietly goes about their business. Not much fanfare or hype. Um, I was I was a little surprised, Lance, that in one of the polls this week, you know, Rigby had been the number one team pretty consistently. Uh, and then all of a sudden this week, uh, Mountain View jumped them in one of the polls. And so yeah, in the coaches poll, Mountain View jumped. And that surprised me as well. Uh, there, there's only one other poll that I kind of disagreed with more than that. We'll get to that a little bit later, but. But I was really shocked that they had dropped to number two. Of course, Media Poll still has Rigby, Mountain View, Rocky Mountain, Highland, and Lewiston, uh, which I which I think is pretty good. In fact, I, I I think Highland, however, might be ranked a little bit low in that. But based upon you know Rocky Mountain beating Highland and then Mountain View beating Rocky Mountain, I understand that. Uh, but uh, Lewiston does pop into one of the polls as well at number five. Yeah, and and we'll see. Um they're kind of in the same boat as Idaho Falls. You know, they came in with not a ton of fanfare and now here they are sitting at four and oh. So, yeah. Uh, so, so Rigby, a 35 to nothing shutout of Hillcrest Hillcrest. We talked about it, it was going to be a tough year for them because they've got a new coach, Brennan Mossholder, who, uh, uh, coached in Oregon previously. Um, but it's not only that it's, it's a complete change and shift from what they did in the past under former coach, Kevin Meyer, where they, had everybody, all 11 guys in tight and just ran the ball pretty much every play. Um, and now they've kind of shifted to a more traditional offense that we would see in today's game. And the, the, the transition after three years of running 
just run, run, run. It's it's hard to flip the switch like that. So we knew it was going to be a work in progress. But for Hillcrest, there are encouraging signs. But for Rigby, you know, they continue to just to just win and, and win in pretty dominant fashion. Yeah, they do. And, you know, for Hillcrest, you know, for a bigger school, they, which you rarely really see the, the double wing of the wing tee, you know, we used to see that out of them a little bit. You see that a lot of the 2A ranks, some some places at the 3A ranks as well. But, um, but you know, Hillcrest, I, I don't think we're going to see a lot of turnaround for them this season. I think uh, any turnaround is probably going to happen next year. Uh, not that they can't play better, obviously, throughout the rest of this year. They could, uh, but I just don't see a big push there. But Rigby, Rigby just keeps on going through. And, and you know, and Rigby's got a pretty good game this weekend. They're at Thunder Ridge. Thund- Thunder Ridge, uh, a Thunder Ridge team that many people thought was the next team behind uh, Rigby going into this season. That's changed a little bit with, with uh, uh, you know, loss that took place earlier. But I think this could be a good game this weekend, and that is at Thunder Ridge. Yeah, that'll be an interesting game. And we talked about Th- Thunder Ridge loss to Idaho Falls in in that conference opener. So that you know, yeah. that's an int- it was an eye-raising result for sure. Rigby, real quick, let's give a shout-out to Talon Tokii, the, the big boy at nose tackle, committing to BYU. That's pretty exciting stuff for, yeah. for that PG team. It, it, it is. And not only that, but uh, BYU had that big win over Arizona State last week. And the very first play of the ball game on a kickoff uh, was a fumble. BYU forced a fumble. And Livingston, former Rigby boy, uh, jumped on the ball and recovered the fumble. He's actually had a couple pretty big plays this year so far uh, in college football. Yeah, so so big shout-out to, to Talon Togiai. And I know he's going to be the first of probably several Division One players uh that that get offers, you know, Logan Fredrickson at linebacker, Tiger Adolfo at quarterback, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So it's going to be exciting to, to watch that matchup. Okay. Uh, the last 4A team we have to talk about in the High Country Conference is, again, a team that is, just continues to impress. And, and it's the Shelly Russets, 4 0, a 49 to nothing shutout over Canyon Ridge. This is, this is reminding me of Shelly in their, in their 3A heyday. Yeah. It's, well, and, and I think the only, uh, probably the only shocker against Canyon Ridge, I mean, I don't think anybody saw 49 nothing coming. I think people maybe saw 60 to nothing, uh, 70 to nothing. <laughs> I'm just kidding there. Uh, <laughs> Canyon Ridge is not very good. Shelly has put together some good wins. Now, Shelly has yet to hit the toughest part of their season as well, and they've got Hillcrest coming up and then Bonneville, both of those games at home. So their their first biggest test is really going to be, because they have three home games in a row, is really going to be when Pocatello comes in uh, there. But Shelly just keeps taking care of business. Take care of the people that are in front of you. That's all you can do, and that's what they're doing, and they're doing it in good fashion. Yeah, uh, th- there's a really good chance that Shelley is six and zero heading into those final three games: uh, Pocatello, Blackfoot, Skyline, which which will yeah. probably define their season. Right? That's biggest right. Di- biggest difference for Shelley is we know they can run the ball. Right? They've got Riker Klinger, they've got uh, Josh Gill who can run the ball, they've got uh, Brock DeRoche, they got Skylar Robinson, they've got like five or six guys that can run the football. The biggest difference is now they have a quarterback that can keep the defense honest as well. So Caden Kidman started at quarterback for Shelley last year as a sophomore. Well, this year they moved Kidman to like wide receiver slash running back, and they've gone with another sophomore, Brecker Williams. And in, in the game I saw uh, and, and covered against Jerome, he moves really well in the pocket. Um, he doesn't look like a sophomore quarterback. And and that element has given Shelley uh, even more dimensions on offense th- where the defense can't just pack in against the run. They have to be prepared for a long ball from Brecker Williams. 
That's right. In fact, they look very good. I saw them against Sugar earlier this year. They've got a very solid defense as well. One of the things that Shelly has been good at this year is is against the run. They're getting people down with their line. Uh, the runners against them are not being able to get into the secondary, uh, and that that keeps games that worst case scenario for you very close, uh, if not a blowout on your side of it. And Shelly has really benefited from that. Their defense is, is extremely solid this year. Yeah. I mean, look at these defensive totals, Preston, six points allowed sugar, seven points, Jerome, seven Canyon Ridge shutout. So yeah, yeah. You're, you're talking about a great defense for sure. Yeah. So speaking of sugar Salem, that was a big matchup in the three, a ranks as they traveled, yeah to Aramo to play Marsh Valley and the diggers dug out and, and found a way 28 to 14. And what was a pretty good matchup? Well, sugar's finding a few things out about themselves right now. Uh, uh, took those first couple games. Uh, some of their key players, of course, their main running back, uh, you know, Ryan Harris got hurt uh, in the first series or second series of the very first game of the season. He'll be back in their next game. They have a bye week this week. He'll be back against Preston following that. That should change things up. But the other guys had to learn how to play varsity football. I had a good talk uh, over the weekend with Tyler Richens, and and that's kind of what they're going through. You know, he's not super worried. You know, he looked and said, you know, we, we got a bunch of guys that uh, that are new at this, and and, and uh, we talked, and, and he agreed, you know, that players, they, they even if they're physically ready, they, you still have to learn how to play the varsity game. And that's really what Sugar was going through this year. Uh, I don't think Sugar is what they were last year, the year before, or the year before that, at least not at this point. They're not. But a, a big win over Marsh Valley, they were up 21-7 at one point in that ball game. Was Sugar ended up winning at 28-14. But that was a that was a good a good win for them. Sugar to me is almost like Skyline, where they started the year 0-2, got dropped out of the polls, and now they're not in people's forefront of their mind right and so now for sugar yeah. this is a chance for away from the spotlight a little bit get some confidence yeah. rack up those wins and again by the time we're talking playoffs i think once again sugar is going to be a team that nobody wants to see so yeah i think you're absolutely right on that yeah for sure uh let's see uh south fremont uh well let's real quick let's talk about teton as well teton got their first win of the season which was great to see shutting out salmon 38 to nothing Th those are two programs that are still trying to find their way right so salmon's one and two teton's one and three it's nice to see the uh, timberwolves uh get off the schneid Bo both of those teams have first year head coaches as well by the way yeah they do and for teton you know you're in a small conference uh, only three teams uh which means you know, essentially you only play two conference games during the regular season. And, you know, everybody else is going to be outside of your conference. It's tough to try to get a schedule, you know, together. Teton's kind of a ways away from places and Salmon's way away, you know, away from places. But but those are two teams that are, that, like you said, they're trying to find their way right now. And, and for, for Teton, they had to feel pretty thrilled picking that victory up. Yeah, first win for uh, new head coach Jeff Wilkes at Teton. So uh, the other 3A, 2A game that turned a lot of heads was South Fremont traveling to Firth. Firth got out to a big lead, and South Fremont tried to rally back in the second half. But the Cougars, I was impressed. I, Firth last year, uh, they, they won 33-21. to 21. So Firth last year, I think, was pretty – um, disrespected throughout the whole regular season, right? It was always, well, they're good, but North Fremont's better. North Fremont beat them in the regular season. Then, then you get to the playoffs, right? That that semifinal game that Firth wins seven to six in in that blizzard. Yeah. Well, they got lucky; it was fluky. They're not really good. They lose by forty to Westside in the championship. And so, coming into this season, you were hearing the same things. 
yeah, Firth's good, but but North Fremont's better. You know, Firth is. I'm telling you, three and one, and they are a play away from knocking off Westside. Yeah, four and zero. Firth is, right. is real. <laughs> yeah, twenty six twenty is what they lost to uh, to Westside. I mean, a great Westside team that that I've felt would compete very well at three A division this year. Uh, I don't know how they'd match up against Homedale, but but other than that, I think they would they would uh, do very well in the three A division. South Fremont, I think if you had one more quarter in that game, South Fremont might win that game. Yeah, South Fremont again, one of those teams that uh, started out three and zero. They found out a lot about themselves when they came down the other night when they were down uh, uh, to Firth and started to do come started on that comeback. I think South Fremont is again one of those teams that will sneak in under the radar just a little bit. Obviously, three A, two A, one A have an extra round of playoffs that you don't have in four A, five A. Uh, so they, they they should get into the playoffs pretty much no matter what uh, from this point on. But but South is a good team. South is a good team, and they're going to turn some heads. Yeah, I mean we're we're talking about possibly you know South Fremont playing for a three A title, Firth playing for a two A title. I mean that's how good both of those programs are for sure. And Firth is getting it done on the defensive line, Sa- same as last year. You know Athen Blonquist had. 33 sacks last year, which is just mind-boggling, and he's doing it again. I don't know how you stop the guy. You you pretty much have to double-team him every time. Yeah, yeah, you pretty much do, or uh, certainly run away from him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, from his side. But yeah, they're very good. Um, and, you know, South Fremont last year, when they reached the semis, that's the farthest they've ever reached in the, uh, in the playoffs. And you're talking a team that's had uh, not only – players that have gone or a school that's not only had players go on to play big time college ball, but have gone on to the NFL. <laughs> and that was the farthest they had got. And South Fremont very well could be a team this year that goes to the championship. Yeah. I mean, there, there's a lot of good three, eight, two, eight teams in district six, a team that's kind of flying under the radar uh, playing third banana to North Fremont and Firth in that nuclear conference is West Jefferson. They are three and one with a 38 to nothing shutout win over Malad, their latest victory. Yeah, that was at a Malad homecoming. Uh, Malad being my alma mater, where I went, and and uh, that's a that's a tough way to spend your homecoming uh, with a goose egg up on the board. However, uh, West J is good, and this week they've got a game that's going to be a game to watch as well, as they're going to face North Fremont, and that's going to be at West Jefferson. So that's a, that's a game to watch as well, and we're really going to see kind of where West Jefferson stands. We know a lot more again about North Fremont than really we do about West Jefferson. We still have some questions about West Jefferson, so we'll get a lot of those answered this weekend. Yeah, and if you look purely at scores, you look, it's a pretty even matchup because uh, North Fremont played Malad as well and won 54 to eight. And now they've had a week off as well. They had a bye last week, so they've had two weeks to prepare for West J, which could swing it in their favor, but I agree. I think that's gonna be a fantastic matchup for sure. Uh, finally, let's let's tackle the the one A ranks. Um, let's start with the game we had on IdahoSports.com, a four p.m. kickoff on Friday. I like it at Water yeah, Springs as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So uh, Grace gets their first win of the season over Water Springs, forty-one to twenty-six. Um, Water Springs is a, the defending Rocky Mountain Conference champ in one A D two. They've had a very tough schedule. Doesn't get any easier when Horseshoe Bend comes to town this week. Um, right. But but for Grace, it was nice to see them get their first win. Yeah, it was Grace. Grace actually has a bye week, and then they play Rockland. Rockland's out scouting that game uh, while we were there on Friday. But but Grace is a team that I picked in the preseason that I felt would really push 
potentially for a state championship. And and they really struggled getting out of the gate. But but Grace looked good the other night. And uh, Grace found a few things out uh, uh, with their big tight end that they can do in ball games and and make it work for them. And I thought Grace looked very good. I thought they certainly looked better than what their record showed. I agree. I mean, they lost that shootout to North Jam in the season opener where they, they could have won the game and, and ultimately came up a little bit short. So, yeah, Grace will be a team to keep an eye on. Water Springs, I mean, they're 1-3 now, Lance. They're hosting Horseshoe Bend, which is a top-five team in, in the D2 ranks, um, and possibly staring down a 1-4 start with games against Rockland and North Jam still on the schedule. The Warriors got to get it going here pretty quickly. Yeah, they do. One of the things they struggled with last week was when teams would get into their secondary. Uh, their secondary is not very big, and they ended up, uh, you know, at 145, 150 pounds trying to strength tackle guys that were 200 pounds, and and uh, that really worked against them. I think one of the things that, that Water Springs has to uh, has to be able to do is they've got to they've got to be able to bring people down with their linemen uh, because if if teams get into their secondary, uh, that hurts them. However, they've got a great passing game. <laughs> I mean, their first two touchdowns the other day were, uh, you know, last Friday were on on bombs that were just right on the button. So they've they've got the ability to pass the ball, and and uh, they've got some some decent finesse runners and some good power runners. So you know, Water Springs has the ability to get it. It's just about uh, working with your strengths. Defense, the name of the game for sure. The final game we want to highlight from last week, Butte County traveled to Raft River. That was a matchup of top five teams in the 1A D1 ranks. And um, Butte County, I thought, actually held their own really well against what I think is the best team in the state right now in 1A D1 football, Raft River. They lost 46-28, to but I think Butte County has nothing to be ashamed of losing that game and i think it reflected in the polls because they didn't move up or down they stayed right where they were at number yeah, five yeah they did and 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 you know when it, when it comes to the polls in this in this scenario i think you got uh you know you got a raft river team that is very good people knew what they were and i think it even surprised people that Butte was able to do what they did against them uh but raft river is very good in fact i i feel that raft river is really underranked, uh particularly in the media polls uh, they have them down at, down at third. You know, I, I can't really argue with Oakley being number one in both those polls, but we'll see. We'll see as time moves forward. But Raft River is very good in the eight-man ranks. Every week when you look at the media poll, you see the first-place votes in parentheses and next to Raft River every week so far this year. You've seen a lonely little one. That's me. Yeah. That's my one. I keep voting <laughs> Raft River, but nobody nobody wants to follow me. So. Sure, sure, sure. Well, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, and the games have to be played on the field. Then you might get some vindication uh, when the playoffs come. Absolutely. Hey, let me ask you real quick. What was the other poll you disagreed with? Was it the 4A? Because that it is a hot, 4A. a hot mess right now, Lance. It, 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 it is. I mean, you got Emmett, Menico, Shelley, Blackfoot, and Pocatello in one of the polls. I I don't necessarily disagree with that. However, in the media poll, Menico, Shelley, Pocatello, Emmett, and Bishop Kelly – I, I think Emmett's proven a little bit more at this point than Shelly has. And again, I, I love Shelly, but they haven't hit the tough part of their schedule yet. They really haven't played one of those teams that you step up and say, wow, that was a massive win. You know, so so I think I think that number two ranking is, is a little bit off. And I'm not so sure that Bishop Kelly should be in the top five at this point. Uh, Bishop Kelly got shut out by Emmett. They put up a goose egg. 
Uh, I'm really not sure that Bishop Kelly is a top, is a top five four a team. In fact, right now, if I had to put Vegas money down between a Bishop Kelly and a Skyline team, even with three losses, I'm choosing Skyline in that game. Yep, I agree. Bishop Kelly is very one dimensional. Yes. Uh, they cannot if they get behind early. It's almost impossible for them to come back. We saw that last year in their playoff lost Century. They came in with all the hype and fanfare, and Century got out to an early lead. And BK could not recover. So I'll tell you, Lance, my poll was not anywhere close to what the media poll was. My personal top five when I voted, I had Emmett as number one. I think they've earned that distinction. Their only loss was by one score to an undefeated Weezer team. Uh, my number my, my number two team was Minico because they're undefeated. They, they uh, have defeated Middleton, which is a good squad. And I gave them the, the nod there. I had Pocatello third. I had Pocatello third last week and all they did was lose to Highland, which is a really good team. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to penalize teams that lose to good programs. Sure, especially when you're down players as well. Yeah. So I, I had Pocatello third. I had Blackfoot fourth on the heels of that, that big win over skyline and those two one point losses. And then I still have Sandpoint ranked in my top five as well. I know they lost to Homedale. I know they lost to Coeur d'Alene, but I think people are sleeping on Sandpoint up North as yeah. well. So I, I, I think they are too. And I think again, one of the biggest shocks for that bow was Blackfoot not being on there. Blackfoot, uh, you know, if people are just going by the records, okay. You know, maybe you can justify that, but I'll tell you what, Blackfoot, if you've actually seen them play, they pass the eye test. They are, they're a very good team. I'll, I'll tell you right now, the four postseason is going to be fun. Oh, <laughs> it's gonna, that it's be might be the best of the postseasons. 5A is going to be very good too. I mean, they're, they're all always good, but uh, I think it's, I think 4A and 5A are especially good this year. Yeah, a lot of chaos in there for sure. So, let's let let's let's end the prep cast today, Lance, with some volleyball talk. We we got to talk about Sugar Salem volleyball. I mean, they are twenty and zero. They won the Peg Peterson invite in Highland at the start of September, which is you're playing five A, four A, three A schools. They they won the Bonneville Classic last week. Same deal, five A, four A, three A schools. They have dropped three sets this year. Not three match, three sets. They've only dropped three sets all year, Lance. They, I mean, they might yeah, be they the did. best team. Go ahead. <laughs> they are fantastic. <laughs> they dropped one to Fruitland, dropped one to Eagle, and dropped one to uh, Star Valley. What, yeah. What's the other one that they dropped? And now they go into their to some of their conference schedule. You know, they got uh, you know a home and home against South, home and home against. Uh, against Teton, but then they still, they've got an Idaho, you know, games against Idaho Falls coming up, Skyline, Star Valley, that what that will be at Sugar Salem. Um, <laughs> Cammie Dodson is a fantastic coach. I mean, just a fantastic coach. And um, if you haven't seen Sugar's volleyball team play, uh, you're missing out on some really good sports. <laughs> They're very good. I th I think they I mean it's pretty clear the two best teams regardless of classification in the state for volleyball right now are Skyview at the five A level they went yeah. to Las Vegas and competed very well and, and Sugar can can we get that match set up can we get Skyview versus Sugar I would love to see that well, I think both those teams are have the attitude of anyone anytime <laughs> I think they have that kind of attitude uh, because they are very good that would be a sensational matchup I've always felt. That that it would be fun to take the uh, 
take the top teams in every division as soon as the state championships are over and determine an overall state champion. I've always felt that would be fun. Obviously, logistically, that's tough to do, but but uh, uh, that would be a fantastic matchup. That's one that uh, if that happened, we would need to cover on Idaho Sports, and we'd have a lot of computers hooked to our uh, stream, I can tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. That would be fantastic for sure. Real quick, I want to give shout outs to the other volleyball teams that are doing well. But, you know, the, the volleyball coaches poll came out yesterday in the 5A ranks. Madison is currently ranked second, which is uh, amazing, only behind Skyview. And we knew coming in that Madison was going to be pretty solid once again. Yeah. The 4A ranks, Bonneville is ranked second, which I think, uh, again, is pretty reflective of how good they are. They they played really well at their their classic, the Bonneville Classic, last weekend. Uh, 3A, Sugar, of course, is the number one team. Uh, South Fremont is tied for fifth. We talked about, you know, South Fremont's in any other conference. You know, they they may win it, but they're just, unfortunately, in the shadow of that Goliath. That yep. shouldn't fail yep. and, and the thing is, oftentimes you get that. I mean, there's been times, especially because of limits, Limited amounts of teams that go to the state tournament. We see it in basketball a lot with only eight teams going to the state tournament where uh, you'll have a team that that uh, maybe the conference only gets one in. <laughs> Things like that where sometimes the second best team in the state doesn't even go to the state tournament uh, because of just who they happen to be matched up against. And, and uh, you know, Southeast Idaho uh, is a sensational volleyball place. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in the 2A ranks, Ryrie is ranked third. Ryrie quietly putting together a nice season, and West J is ranked fifth in the latest coaches poll. Uh, 1A D1, Grace is third. Uh, Butte County is tied for fifth. Uh, and then in the 1A D2 poll, Horseshoe Bend has been the number one team almost the entire season, Lance, until this week. Mackie finally surpassed them, and we talked about Coach Kesha Hale and, and the great job that she is doing yeah. um, there. So for Mackey, I, I really like their uh, chances in the 182 ranks this year as well. Yeah, Mackey's looking good. And Mackey's a name we haven't, you know, thrown around the last couple of years in, in a lot of different sports, you know. And Mackey's starting to uh, starting to put some things together. And, and I think they're going to make a run in that uh, 1A division. Yeah, so uh, Mackey ranked first. Grace Lutheran from uh, Pocatello is ranked uh, third. And then Ledor is tied for fifth. So that's three teams all yeah. from the same conference in the top five. So that's going to be right. Yeah, a lot of fun to watch. So good volleyball, good football action, of course. Soccer still going as well. So uh, we'll we'll be back to recap it all again next week. Lance, you're going to be on the call Friday night at Ravston Stadium as Idaho Falls hosts Pocatello, where we're going to tune in, and uh, hopefully it's a, it's a great matchup. Yeah, I certainly hope so as well. Yep, so we'll be back to talk about that game and more on next week's edition of the East Idaho PrepCast, presented by Pure Adrenaline Motorsports, your source for pulse-pounding adrenaline sports apparel and accessories that ensure you have what you need to unleash the beast. For Lance Taylor, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thanks for tuning in on IdahoSports.com.